Can't get enough of the Let's Go Eat show? Do you want access to exclusive episodes of the podcast, exclusive videos, exclusive blogs, and the exclusive Make Mine a Double t-shirt? Did I mention they're exclusive? That means you can't get them anywhere else but Patreon.com. One or all of these things can be yours for about the cost of a double shot of Old Forester bourbon. Please go to Patreon.com or download the Patreon app and search for Let's Go Eat Show. It's super easy and will help us continue to make the Let's Go Eat Show for years to come. That's Patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, Patreon.com slash Let's Go Eat Show. Thank you. Well, in this episode of the Let's Go Eat Show, I probably don't let on how much I know about drugs. I mean, I talk to Aaron Hyatt about drugs, and I have some working knowledge of drugs, but I don't really, in this episode, uh, let on uh, how much I know about drugs from personal experience. And maybe I should have done that. I don't know. But... Oh, we're talking about drugs. Uh, Erin Hyatt is our guest on the show. Uh, she is uh, kind of an old friend of the program. She's an Ogden girl from way back, lives in New York City right now, though. Writes about cannabis, psychedelics, hemp, politics, and drug policy reform for THC Magazine and Freedom Leaf, which is a great magazine because not after you read it, you can use the paper and roll. No, you can't really. I just made that up. Uh, she's also uh, written for uh, Alternet and Vice. Erin's uh, work on uh, and industry insights have been featured as the hemp and media specialist for Cannabis and Hemp Association. She's been a guest on In the Know 420. 420, get it? Uh, speaking on federal and uh, international drug policy. If you want to know more about Aaron just in general, uh, at Aaron, that's E-R-I-N, at Aaron Hyatt, H-I-A-T-T, on Twitter, and uh, there, do that, okay? Uh, that's about it. Uh, thanks to the fine folks at Zest for a, for a delicious lunch. Uh, and I want to remind you that uh, you can go to patreon.com, and you will find out, uh, and just search for the Let's Go Eat Show. You'll find little... I don't know what you'll find there. Maybe you'll find a joint or two. I don't know. Maybe there's weed there. Special. I don't know what's there. Just Dylan tells me, go do that. Uh, The Let's Go Eat Show Patreon. Uh, Without further ado, because this has been way too much ado, Aaron Hyatt. You know, I like like recording at this restaurant to Zest. I like it because it's the food is good. It's close to the office. Yeah, I knew that. And um, and it's fresh, unusual food. Mm-hmm. And speaking of fresh and unusual, <laughs> <laughs> are you talking about me? I am. Our guest on the podcast uh, this time is Aaron Hyatt, and I'm going to read this bio that you wrote. Great. You wrote this about yourself. Uh, yeah, and then they just put it out there as if it was real. Okay. <laughs> well, it is real. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, so uh, it says here, Aaron Hyatt. Writes about cannabis, psychedelics, hemp, politics, and drug policy reform for THC Magazine and Freedom Leaf. She has also written uh, for After Afternet. Alternet. Alternet. The light in here is not great. Yeah. Uh, Alternet and uh, Vice. Uh, and I know Aaron. Well, I know Aaron because she's um, from Roy. Ogden. Okay, Ogden. <laughs> and I was trying to give you a break and say you were Ogden adjacent, but she's an Ogden girl. I'll take it. Uh, and Erin is an actress and a model 
and and uh, and has become a writer uh, about all of these subjects about drugs. Yes. You write about drugs. I do. All the time. All the time. And you, you lobby f- about drugs a little bit as well. It's it's uh, journalism advocacy, I guess you could say. Okay. Uh, lobbying says to me you that I would be a, like on the hill. You don't go to a legislature. And, no. Uh, would you like to? Yeah. That's. I think that would be a great job for you. I actually, for my friends that I know in on the legislature, in the legislature, I'm always like hinting, you know, like, hey, do you need like a cannabis consultant? Do you need in the like, Utah State Legislature? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be like, I know all the rules. You could invite mm-hmm. me, and they're kind of like, yeah, yeah. So they don't. Would you give me a little more headphone, Dylan? Is that possible? I'd appreciate that. Thank you very much. Uh, so, um, so how did you? get to be a person who is an expert and writes about drugs and cannabis for all of these publications? Sure. So um, as you remember, my boyfriend, the hemp farmer, who is not actually right. a hemp farmer. <laughs> That's right. That's what we used to call him on the radio. Yes, used to call him the hemp farmer. Um, he's actually on the uh, Les Mis national tour right now playing Javert. So um, he clearly is not farming hemp on the road. No, he's a, he's an actor, a singer, and, and uh, a quite talented. A voiceover tal- artist. Quite yes. talented. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was writing a little bit at the time um, before his acting career like really took off clicked yeah yeah and um so they the magazine thc mag also called the hemp connoisseur um they were looking for someone to write a piece on amendment 64 in colorado which was the amendment that legalized cannabis in the 2012 election Mm -hmm. cycle and he knew that I kept a blog and that was sort of like politically driven. And he was like, why don't you, um, you know, send him some pieces of your blog and like see how it goes. And so I did. And they were like, great. So I wrote this piece on Amendment 64. And then they so were you, like, great. You, we, I mean, you didn't just write it. You, ha- you researched it. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, mm. what I have learned about writing in this space is that it is infinitely more complicated than you think it is because... Every state has its own set of laws, and then you have to have that in the interplay with the federal laws. So it does kind of uh, get really complicated. Yeah, this is uh, we're at Zest, by the way, and you'll hear the the sounds of uh, food being put on the table. And Aaron is having what is that? A cold brew coffee with? Ooh, it's a cold brew coffee with almond milk, and I'm really excited. I didn't know it was going to come in this fancy bottle. Yeah, like a beer bottle. Yeah, it's like a beer bottle. It's like a beer bottle. Yeah. I'm I've re- had that before. It's good. It's it's strong. Is coffee. it going to make me a crazy person? Uh-huh. It might make you a little. Yeah, it's quite strong. Well, it's going to be a long day, so I'm good. But Aaron Hyatt, you're a crazy person anyway, <laughs> so it's all right. Uh, so so you uh, so you write this, uh, this this piece about Amendment 64. Yes. For uh, the the uh, the magazine, and they like it, and you just sort of. And it grew. And you got interested in it. I guess you were sort of interested in it anyway, but... Well, you know, a lot of people ask me this um, because they are like, well, well, let me say they assume. They assume that I am um, kind of like a lazy stoner type. A pothead. A pothead, which if you know me, you will know right away that I am not a lazy stoner pothead at all. In fact, I don't even use, which makes people go... Mm-hmm. Like, really? And um, I think for me, the, f- the fascination comes in. It's, it's several things. But one is um, when you start, I'm a wonk. So I love policy. I like the learning about the research and the interplay between federal and local laws. I like to read what Sessions is up to, all these like different memos that 
uphold. You mean Jeff Sessions? Who Jeff is, Sessions, who is so 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 anti marijuana yes. specifically for some reason. Yes, specifically marijuana. He has said some incredible things about cannabis, and um, he's mm-hmm. like a drug war Nancy Reagan relic, um, yeah. who is. Who, who knows nothing about marijuana, just that it, it makes people, he, he feels that it makes people crazy and commits murders. Yeah, he's a reefer madness guy, for sure. Pot, potheads don't commit murders. No, I they're swear too to God. lazy. No. no, I'm just kidding. I, they, I mean, but they don't. Now, <laughs> no. Now, the, now the, the, the illegal drug trade that's around it. That's a very different thing. That may, that may be the case, but if you're just a, a recreational stoner, you're not likely to commit a murder. No, and we're, that's a, when we talk about that, we're talking about cartel violence, mm-hmm. which is somewhat related, but a very different topic. When people are abiding by state and local laws with cannabis, it's not going to involve the cartel. And in fact, legal programs are shown to somewhat limit cartel activity. So you become wonky about this subject. You become very interested in it and in the details of it. Yeah. And and now and now you it's almost like a second career. Yeah, it's especially in the past year it started to take up a lot of time. <laughs> I have a full-time job too. And so so let's 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 start with this then. You mentioned the federal government and mm-hmm. federal laws and, and then places like Colorado who've legalized marijuana. for. I think they did it in steps, right? They Did did they it do was, medical? They did. The, medical marijuana, I think, for Colorado was 2008. And then... And then recreational. And then recreational in Which is a, That's a controversial step for states that do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, I think their state, even Utah, is kind of starting to lean toward, well, maybe medical marijuana maybe this is something that we should look at i think that um utah is um how to say i think they see the train coming and they want to be able to structure the law in the way that they want it which is why this voter ballot initiative that is collecting signatures right now and dawes uh bills to the oh, is Brad, is it Brad, Brad, Daw, Brad Daw, yeah, yeah from Orem and uh, Vickers is his co-sponsor from Cedar City and to see that I don't I haven't heard this from Daw I've had conversations with him and he's never said this to me but my impression is that Utah wants to get ahead of what they see coming in mm-hmm. and they want to be able to create their own laws in the hopes of staving off a um, statewide dispensary system that's oh my the half God. order that is a half order is that that's a full order, isn't it? We don't. That, I mean, it's, it'll get. Well, that's okay. It'll get eaten. Don't worry. It's, um. what, what is that? What, what is that that you ordered? That's beautiful. It's the pitayable, pitayable. So we've got acai berries, hemp hearts, chia seeds, and something pink under there. I don't <laughs> don't know what, but it looks amazing. I will never be able to eat all of this. Oh, you can take it home. It's enormous. Mm. But I'll try. So, so we'll go. Let's go back to uh, the the uh, here in Utah and other states have kind of tried to do the same thing, craft their own laws. Well, but they it, have to because they have no federal structure. Well, that and that's what's what's just absolutely baffling to me and 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 funny to me is that all of this is still illegal federally. Correct. Uh, you know, medical medicinal marijuana. I think even is. CBD, uh, cannabidiol—is that how you say it? Cannabidiol. Cannabidiol oil is is 
is that still illegal, essentially? Yes. So, it, and but but states are using it. People are selling it. Yes. They're selling it interstate. Yes. They're selling it online. All right. So here's how the, does this work? Yes. So here's the CBD lowdown. Um, there is when we talk about CBD that you can purchase in the United States. You can have it shipped to your house. You can go to a store and pick it up somewhere. That is industrial hemp CBD, which means that according to law, it has to be less than 0.3 THC. The way they make it less than 0.3 THC and the other requirement to have it shipped to you, legal in all 50 states, Mm -hmm. is that it must be extracted from the stalk or stem which they think has no psychoactive properties. So there's a lot of argument about the medical efficacy, efficaciousness of- Efficacy? Efficacy of hemp CBD because they don't think that much uh, healing, that many healing properties actually live in the stalk or stem. The real CBD, the real healing, the Mm -hmm. cannabidiol molecule lives in the flower and the seeds. Of the, of the marijuana plant? Right, ah. which you can't use if you want to get it shipped to your house. Okay. So. We, we ordered <coughs> we ordered the, we ordered pills for my dog. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Cannabis. I was talking. I just bought You got a, some CBD pills for the puppers? Yeah, yeah I just work. bought an electric. wasn't helpful. I just bought an electric bike. Oh, cool. Uh, from oh, wow. a guy, and he said, uh, oh, that looks just. That smells Stunning. awesome, too. It's a protein salad. Oh. By the way, your tea suggestion here, what is this again? Uh, coconut almond lavender. It's delicious. Coconut it's almond tea. lavender. Oh, it's local, the Queen's uh, tea. tea. Oh, from the, yeah, I know the Queen's tea. Yeah, sure. Thanks. It's very um, good. Thanks. Davis, oh. while you're in the neighborhood, would you mind bringing me some milk? I thought the almond milk was going to be a hit, but it doesn't quite do what I needed in the coffee. So we have almond milk. Oh, Uh-oh. then I'll stick with almond. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Duh, it's vegan here. Yeah. Duh. I'm like, bring me the thing from the cow. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, um, uh, we. Uh, uh, so I get. So I'm getting sidetracked. You're, si- you're getting excited by food. Well, we we're talking about the dogs. The dogs no, getting CBD. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. My, the guy I who sold me dog. my electric bike. He, yeah. uh, his dog has cancer. Oh, thank you. And he, uh, he said, uh, I was down in Nevada, and I bought, got him some edibles. And oh. I said, what? For dog?" said, yeah, they do it for dogs. They, they're special. He said, so I bought some for them. I said, well, does it, you gave it to him. What did it do? And he said, I don't know. It's hard to tell. He seems happy. Yeah, you know, the <laughs> yeah. thing is, like, my uh, boyfriend's dog, um, who's this great dog, he's a, a pit bull, and he was very, um, you know, pit bullish, mm-hmm. not aggressive or anything, but he's mm-hmm. a terrier, so he has a lot of energy. Aggressive. Or not aggressive, but energetic. Energi- yeah. Very energetic. So I had interviewed this woman um, who uh, does CBD in Colorado, and um, I was telling her about the dog, uh, CBD for pets specifically. So mm-hmm. I told her about the dog. She's like, oh, well, let me send you some things for the dog. And I was like, great. So gave it to the, you know, gave it to the pit bull, and I was asking Josh, I was like, is this working? And he was like, I don't know. it tastes good and he'll eat whatever you put in his face Mm -hmm. so whether it's actually making him less energetic or not i don't know what a lot of people say with cbd especially for pets is that you have to be consistent like it's like taking your own medicine so if you like don't dose it properly or whatever and then you have to wait a couple weeks to like really see so who knows if you're just like throwing a treat 
if the dog is CBD treated, the dog, who's to say that it's actually having the mm. medicinal benefits of the CBD? But dogs like it. I mean, they'll eat whatever. So what do they say that for human beings, the... Um, uh, let Okay, let's say you get CBD oil, uh, cannabidiol. 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 It, let's say you get that, you want to get it to treat an ailment. Uh, and you're in a non-legal state. Yeah, so you can't really get the stuff legally that would... Not unless you live in a legal state. So let's say we're living in Colorado. And you say, I want to get... CBD for my back pain. You can take yourself into a dispensary and you can have a whole array of CBD. Now CBD is only one molecule in of like hundreds or more than a hundred in the cannabis plant. So you can walk into this dispensary and there'll be a nice bud tender there and you can say, man, I'm having some back pain. And they can say, Oh, well, here's our CBDs. You can put it on as like a topical or you can take it. Sure. Okay. It comes in many forms. You can use it as a topical. You can take Does it as it a pill. Does it work a topical? It's, I mean, um, this I, is anecdotally. You don't really know. No, but. no one actually really knows. But yes, it is anecdotal. A lot of people say that it works really well for them. Um, a lot of people say nothing happens. So a lot of it depends on um, your consistency, like mm-hmm. with the dog. Um, so you can do the topicals you can do tinctures you can do pills tinctures would be something you'd like put in a glass of water and drink yeah or you can like put it right under your tongue Um, some people are even doing cbd vape pens so you can take a little hit of your cbd throughout the day and so you go in there and you say to the bud tender i want this they say okay and then you say no thc i don't want to get high i need to go through my day and I need to take this before I go to work so I can get through my day. And so they can show you all the non-psychoactive CBDs. That, now, that's fascinating. Now, is there some argument or discussion that the non-psychoactive is less effective? Or uh, Well, yes and no. <laughs> so a lot of people believe that cannabis works best when all the molecules are together. Yeah called the entourage effect so that means it's basically like you know when all the molecules are interacting with each other things just work better it's when we start to extract that side effects and things like that come in this is with any medicine you know Mm -hmm. um a lot of people believe that um the plant just works better when the ratios are more natural in the plant um, some people say, uh, for example, this gentleman uh, from New Jersey that I had an opportunity to talk to, his child um, had really bad epilepsy. Um, one of the so-called medical uh, marijuana refugees that left their home state and moved to Colorado in order to get the right kind of care for their child. But he was, for a long time, um, doing his own creation um, experimenting with ratios of THC to CBD to find out worked out what worked for his kid turns out every it's different for everybody mm-hmm. so what he found that worked really well was a very high THC and a low CBD for his daughter but some people that may be switched so you know and there's really no difference uh, with that than there is with with uh, pharmaceuticals that you get from that are FDA approved uh, that are sold by drug companies. It, there's no difference in that 
for instance, I'm taking a, a, a drug right now that's uh, supposed to be uh, uh, to deal with nerve pain. And essentially, Neuropathy? Yeah. And essentially what it's, what it's uh, supposed to do is, I guess, fool the, redirect the nerves and say, you're not really feeling this mm-hmm. and make, them th- make the nerves think that they're okay. Yeah. And, um, uh, it, and it doesn't really work that great. I, I, and, uh, so, and so I've been told to say, well, it works really well for some people, but not for others. Exactly. And it's with, the same thing. Mm-hmm. And with these medicinal um, cannabis medicines, mm-hmm. it really is all about trial and error and dosing. And it's different for every person. Now, you're not a, you, you don't, you're not, you don't smoke pot or you're mm-hmm. not a, a drug user. No. Uh, but medicinally, have you done it or had to do it or... You, it just hasn't come up. It just hasn't come up. You for would, me. Mm-hmm. If, if you were ill, you would say, well, "Well, let's try that." Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, because um, I have a friend who lives in Seattle, and she has a lot of chronic pain issues. She was in this horrible accident and broke her neck, like I don't know, twenty years ago or something. And because she's in a legal state, she's been able to sort of create her own formulas. And when I was visiting uh, in Seattle. Like last year, she had given me a, like a topical that she had made um, at home, and it had THC in it, it had CBD in it, and it had, um, I don't know what the carrier was, probably like a coconut oil or something, but like with some spices in it or whatever, what, for my back. Whether it helped or not, I have no idea, but it did have THC in it, so... You were breaking the law. I was. I was breaking the law. You took the cream I home did. and put it on your back. And well, I didn't take it on the plane with oh, me. No, I did not take it on the plane with me. Okay, let's uh, let's so let's back let's go go back in history. And we're kind of jumping around, but I I think it makes sense. Okay. Many 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 years ago in this country, and mm-hmm. you probably know about this. You're, and you'll know better than I. Uh, marijuana was grown. Hemp was grown. Mm-hmm. It was a gigantic crop, and it was a cash crop for farmers. Yeah. And it was legal. Mm-hmm. They grew it for... Textiles. Hemp, hemp products, rope. Food, rope. Yeah, uh, anything. Clothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was... And it's a really renewable, excellent product for stuff like that, right? For Oh, yeah. I mean, um, better than cotton. Better than... Oh, totally. Um, one of the interesting things about the hemp plant is, um, so let me say this. Hemp and marijuana are the same thing in that they are both cannabis sativa L, right? But they're more like cousins. Mm-hmm. So think marijuana as what will get you high. Hemp is grown for a very different purpose. It's even looks different in the field. It's tall. It, this is where we hear the term ditchweed, right? Mm-hmm. And it'll grow anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's tall. It can just grow in many acreages. And it's not really, I mean, you could use it for medicine, but it's way better to be used for all the things you mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, the textiles, and they're even making concrete out of it now, plastics and construction materials. And you can, and you can still do that. You yeah, can, you can. You can still grow hemp legally no 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 you can't then where do how come i can go down dancing cranes and buy a hemp hemp buy hemp clothing because that hemp has been imported Uh from another country that doesn't make any 
sense. No, it doesn't make any sense at all. So, but one good thing that is happening, since 2014, the farm bill came down, there is a provision put in that bill that people can grow, well, people, farmers can grow hemp in conjunction with a university as a research study, right? So Kentucky is doing that. Um, Wisconsin is starting to do that. Um, other states, and they're pairing with universities to have hemp grows. But again, this became this 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 became a law. Uh, this was it was not illegal for people to grow hemp in this country until the, the 1930s or something like that. Right. right. The Marijuana Tax Act came through in 1937, and that didn't ban cannabis 100%, but it made it so taxed that it became untenable to purchase it or use it or grow it or do anything with it. So hemp got swept up in the dragnet with marijuana. So, cause no one, I mean, still it's hard to distinguish. Like why would anyone know the difference looking at the two plants? What is what, you know what I mean? They look, they look similar. Sure, they look similar. They have the serrated leaves, but mm-hmm. a, a marijuana plant will be closer to the ground, will oh. be bushier. Um, and here's the the kicker when people talk about how they can't grow hemp because it might be able to conceal marijuana grows hemp will you know when it drops its seeds it will actually sterilize the marijuana plant so Hmm. in other words it will render the THC in the marijuana plant completely useless so any decent grower would never put marijuana and hemp next to each other because it would ruin their marijuana crop. Now, now again, so back before the 30s, it was a, a pretty big industry, cash crop for farmers to grow hemp, mm-hmm. to make these textiles and all of that stuff. Yeah. Is there any move today? Is there any lobby of any kind of farm group that says, we really want to have this for a cash crop? We need this. Oh, yeah, sure. There's... Um the Hemp Industries Association, there's Vote Hemp. Um, you have people like uh, Dr. Bronner's, for example. Have you seen the crazy all one soaps? Sure. Yeah, I've used that for years. Yeah, Dr. Bronner's, they're really big um, hemp advocates mm-hmm. and they're you know working tirelessly to get their hemp locally mm-hmm. because it doesn't make any sense to have to bring it in from Canada or Romania or China or wherever. It when doesn't it make any sense. it grow here easily. Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. In fact, um, Da, who's working on the uh, medical marijuana bills here, he does have something in his bill to grow hemp here in Utah. So hopefully that's a great crop for Utah to grow. So there's, I know there's some controversy. And again, you probably have researched this and you know about it. And, and uh, I just sort of know enough about it to kind of ask a question. Mm-hmm. All of this became illegal in the United States, and I was, again, I think it was the 30s, because, uh, because something about J. Edgar Hoover, the FBI. Harry Anslinger is oh, the villain in right. this story. Anslinger, I know that. Now I know that name. He was an FBI guy. Yes, before Hoover. Yeah. So t- talk about that, why that became illegal. Oh, Harry Anslinger. Oh, you, oh, you got your Brussels sprouts. Yeah. Uh, Harry. Do you want to try some Brussels sprouts? Yeah, oh, those look pretty good. Can I? Go for it. Do you care if I use your spoon? I Is don't that care. weird? No, it's fine. Some people think that's weird. No, I don't. <laughs> no, we're good. So we're, what did we believe we believe in sharing germs. <laughs> What's in your bowl of stuff there? Um, geez, I don't 
there are hemp hearts in this salad. There are <sighs> hemp hearts in what you're having. These so are legal. <laughs> um, so you can grow hemp hearts? In Canada. Oh, not in have America. to import them. These did not come from the U.S. These are no. not local hemp hearts. Does Donald Trump know about this? Maybe he can I don't it. know. He wouldn't know that. Never mind. Let's not. I, yeah. We'll get into Let's not later. go down, mm. fall down this rabbit hole. Mm. So, um, yeah, I don't know. There's avocado in here. There's a black, uh, uh, not a black bean, a, a mushroom and um, lentil cake in it. There's, uh, I don't know, there's tons of stuff in here. It's very I should, pretty. I should look. It's delicious, too. You yeah. want to try it? Yeah. It's really good. Yeah, it looks really awesome. Okay, so Harry Anslinger. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of discussion and, you know, research and writing on Harry Anslinger and why he was such a horrible human being. But uh, he was a horrible... He was a racist. Right. And, um... Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. It was it was those darkies, those 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 black people down there the that reefer, were smoking the reefer. Yep, and bringing it across the border because they were coming across into the United States to work yeah. the fields, as they do. And they brought with them the things that they bring, their local things, mm-hmm. and they were, you know, seen smoking uh, marijuana. And those jazz musicians. And those jazz musicians. And um, so Harry Anslinger, who was just a small man who, not literally small, but like a small, dark soul, um, he needed to exert his power. And the way that he could do that is by, you can't criminalize people if they're not doing anything wrong. But what you can do is criminalize behavior. So he saw an opportunity to criminalize populations by finding the thing that held them in common, which was cannabis use. So he ran rampant through, he was um, in the FBI for, I want to say like 20 something years, forever. And during that time, he was able to get the Marijuana Tax Act passed. He was able to uh, put in these really racist um, cannabis policies to again criminalize behavior as opposed to the person. And then um, he also, the single convention of uh, narcotics, I believe Mm -hmm. it's called, which is the United Nations convention that is an international drug treaty that is basically the framework for all of our federal drug policy. Anslinger was in the um, FBI long enough to get that through. So this is like 1962. And he pushed his very punitive, harsh drug policies on the rest of the world. And then he retired. See ya. Bye. So, Why? So it's so it's simple then. The reason marijuana is not legal, it's it just racism. Uh, it's a large it's racism. part. Just racism. Yeah. Because racism. Yeah. Basically. I'm, great. Because the, 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 the black people, the... Uh, the people from South America. Well, and we saw this, too, in the 60s with the, um, um, you know, the Nixon administration trying to find a way again to crack down on people that he um, didn't, uh, that were making his uh, his presidency hard. Mm-hmm. And who was it this time? The hippies. Yeah. Marijuana. Yeah. Heroin. Yeah, LSD. See, you see? You see what they're doing? <laughs> you see, Henry? <laughs> um, so... So if we know all of this, why must we persist with these? And you can't answer this probably, but I don't understand why we persist with these uh, uh, laws without somebody taking a step back. And I think maybe people are starting to do it and say, wait a minute, what's the science here? Mm -hmm. What is the scientific aspect of this? 
What's the reality, not the, not the myth? Well, the reality is that waging a war on drugs is very lucrative for people, some people. It's lucrative for law enforcement. It's lucrative for private prisons. It's lucrative for prisons. It's lucrative for the industries that surround prisons, mm-hmm. hotels, restaurants, for the people that work there. Having a drug war creates employment, puts people to work. So that's the part, right, the reality. The second part of that reality is the political reality, which is that some people still have very... um, Racism. Racism. They have racist... Some racism is certainly part of it, but there's... You know, we all all came up... Well, maybe not you, Dylan, since you're like nine, but we came up through... Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Such a little. Every time I see him, I'm like, you're not. You're just not. He's it's, a kid. It's a baby face. Um, People came up believing. Drug war. Thank yeah. you. They came up through the just say no, the dare, right? They did the this is your brain on drugs, yeah. right? And um, I had dare. Oh, yeah. Okay. So you know exactly what I mean. Mm -hmm. It's like very prohibition oriented. It's a scare program. It's absolutely 100% a scare program. And that is changing a little bit. Like I see that um, shifting some. But for like older people, like my parents, for example, um, you know, they're, they're coming around a little bit. Like they're starting to look at CBD, you know, they're good Mormon folks. But they're like, you know, if this is going to help somebody feel better, they should have access to it. But they shouldn't be able to get high. Here's the quintessential story about what you're talking about. My grandfather, when he was at the end of his life, he was in his 80s, and he was suffering greatly from an ischemic bowel. Uh. You know, which means that, you know, there's nothing to talk about at lunch, but, you know, anyway, it's very painful. Sounds bad. Very difficult. And he couldn't... <clears throat> It was difficult. He couldn't hold in. He couldn't hold food. He didn't have an appetite. He couldn't hold in food, you know. No. And he was in pain. And the doctor prescribed, among many other things, said, why don't we try Marinol? Marinol is a synthetic uh, cannabis strain. And it, it was... FDA approved. It was legal to to uh, prescribe. And, uh, and the Marinol pills, I remember they were little round, red, I think, mm-hmm. pills. Uh, kind of gel kind of pill. Uh, he he try he he would take them and it would ease his pain a bit, but it would bring his appetite back. Marinol is given frequently to people that have no appetite mm. to help them yeah. eat. But he he wouldn't take it. I mean, he would take it a little bit, but then he'd stop, and he'd be in pain and he wouldn't eat. And I'd say, "What have you taken your Marinol?" And he'd say, "No, I don't. I don't. I didn't." Why? He said, "I don't want to take too much of it." I said, "Why?" He said, because I don't want to become a drug addict. <laughs> I, I, you know, I want to say, you are dying. So and you're you, worried about becoming a drug addict? Well, and the truth, the truth of the matter is, so cannabis is a Schedule 1, right? According, it's, that's on the Controlled Substances Act, the CSA. That is what mm-hmm. it is scheduled. There are like four schedules. Cannabis 1 is the worst, right? It's mm-hmm. the big bad one, along with heroin, mm-hmm. along with LSD. Cannabis may be, I don't want to say across the board that it's not addictive because that may not be true. For some people, it may be psychologically addicting or whatever. 
my brother could not seem to function without it. Exactly. So I don't want to use, I don't want to get into like scientific terms to like across the board arguments. But what I would say is if we're going to look at heroin and cannabis side by side, there's no argument. Mm -hmm. There's none at all. And if we're going to look at something like oxycodone, which is killing like a hundred something people a day, that's below. That's Mm -hmm. supposedly safer for you than cannabis, according to this schedule. So it makes no sense at all. And Marinol would have no addictive properties, at least as far as I know. No, because they can can make Mm -hmm. Marinol, and it's approved by the FDA. Yeah. So do they still can you still get yeah. a, a Marinol uh, prescription? I think so. Yes, you can. Yeah, I think. And, and it is effective for some people. Again, I've, I've heard of people who take it and they say this doesn't do shit for me. Well, I my guess is that your doctor would not, you know, have you in the door and be like, oh, you should take some Marinol. My guess is that you would have to come to him and say, I'd like to try Marinol. Yeah. And then they might be like, huh? They might like have to figure out what it is on its own. I had never heard of Marinol until yeah, I started researching it. Yeah, it's, an, it's not widely no. prescribed, but it, but a doctor can prescribe it. Yeah, they can. So, um, so research ha- was has been stopped over the years mm-hmm. on marijuana, and if you want to go there, LSD. And I blame Timothy Leary for that. <laughs> what an ass he was. I know. I mean... Tim- Timothy Leary is a very polarizing guy. He had a... Yeah, he... You know, he became the... Well, if we're not going to legalize this, he was the he was the, the, the disciple of LSD. And yes. He was just going to make make a whole generation of kids his, his, uh, his Acolytes, subjects. Yeah. yeah. His subjects, his experimental subjects. And, you know, that was stupid. It was just stupid. Yeah. Um... And it and it scared people. And again, LSD was legal. Yes, it was until like 1971. My first girlfriend uh, years ago, she had lived in California, and when she was like 13 or 14, she was part of some study group at a local university taking LSD. Yeah. You know, for to see, you know, they thought they thought it was going to have great uh, powers of uh, maybe. Uh, helping alcoholics, uh-huh. schizophrenics, yep. uh, on and on and on, and 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 all of that research on what was a promising drug was stopped dead. by the Nixon administration yeah. because again, fear hippies and, and and you find something to demonize and then yes. used to be able to go into bars and it would be like on the menu, huh? That's what um, a guy on a podcast hmm. on, on, was on it- Penn Gillette's podcast. What Michael Goudeau says is. Like in in San Francisco in like the early seventies, he said I did try LSD. He said I did it like two times. I'd go to bars with my friends, and he doesn't drink. But so he tried he, LSD. But he did the. He took the, it was on the menu. It was like beer, wine, LSD. Well, might be. Yeah, hey, it was, if it was like forty five years ago or something, yeah. sure, yeah. why yeah. not? And I think it was San Francisco too. Well, that explains a lot. Those damn hippies. <laughs> totally. So so we come around now. People, I think many, many, most, I won't say most, but people seem to be reassessing all of this and saying, yes. wait a minute, we have been fed a line of crap here. Yes, um, for sure. And wait a minute, maybe we should study this, even here in Utah. I th- oh sorry. No, I was just going to uh, go ahead, and then I'll ask. No, you I was just going to say, um, you know, when we look at how the public things have sort of turned. Um, 
I think there are, are a few like um, significant events that help turn public opinion. And one of those uh, for CBD in particular is the story of Charlotte Feige, mm. who's the Denver girl who had Dravet syndrome, which is that kind of epilepsy that is like intractable and debilitating. And they would have hundreds of these seizures. And it'll kill you. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, of course. One of these days it'll, it'll kill you. Yes. And she was like seven, I think, or something like that. And um, her parents lived in Colorado Springs, which is where the Stanley brothers live, which is the Charlotte's Web that probably almost everyone has heard about by now. And how Charlotte's Web came about, it wasn't necessarily designed for Charlotte. But it was designed, it was actually called, I think, either Stoner's Disappointment or Hippie's Disappointment. Because they created this strain that they thought was going to be awesome. And then they took it and, like, nothing happened. But it was a high CBD strain. So Charlotte Feige's mom caught wind of this and they tried it for Charlotte. Why would, I wonder why they would think of doing that. Um, well, I think at that point, I mean, this must have been 2013. So medicinal access in Colorado is like 2008. So, you know, oh, okay. it had been around. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when you're a parent that has a child with this kind of epilepsy. Try anything. Yes, because the pharmaceuticals that they give your children oftentimes stunt their development. They mm-hmm. turn them into vegetables sometimes. I mean, it depends. But oftentimes the pharmaceuticals they give them are kind of worse than, I mean, yeah. they're both terrible. No one wants to see their kid have a million seizures a day. And no one wants to see their kid not be able to grow or talk or eat by themselves or be confined to a wheelchair because of this epilepsy. Mm-hmm. So these parents are desperate They'll try anything. And when your kid turns around with this high CBD, low THC mix of cannabis, yeah. So then Sanjay Gupta caught wind of that, and then his documentary Weed came out and then blew the lid off the whole CBD thing. And by the way, this had serious ramifications because so many parents who had sick children saw that and moved en masse to Colorado Springs to get their kids' medicine, and the Stanley brothers could not keep up. They had waiting lists of months. Mm Mm-hmm. But so. that product is still now. There is a product. There is Charlotte's Web. Yeah, Charlotte's Web has turned into a bit of like an industry. We were going to do some ads for them on our morning show. Hmm. We kind of decided against the, doing it. That we 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 felt that. Uh, and as it turns out, our our the attorneys for the company also said, you know, it's it, it, this is still unproven. Um, it is. It's um, th- uh, therapy, and, and and it's not legal in. Uh, it's not. We're not completely legal in Utah. Correct. So, it's a very gray area. So the the Charlotte's Web is based in Colorado. It's a. It meets the federal requirement of being less than zero point three THC. That's why they can send it to you across the border. Remember, this is made from stock and stem. The argument against stock and stem is that there is not the healing kind. It's not bred for medicinal benefits. Industrial hemp CBD is bred for all the other stuff, the textiles or whatever. So rope, rope, smoke a rope, buddy. The medicinal benefits of hemp stock and stem CBD is really up in the air. And now, that, we also felt that too. And, that, mm-hmm. and, they, the, and the people who came to us to talk to us about it, they were very nice. Mm-hmm. And very uh, encouraging. 
but they also, you know, were saying, well, you know, if you ha- if you put, th- there were so many uses for it. Yes. That, you know, you kind of go, really? Yeah. And there's no, no there's think- literally no oversight on hemp CBD. Zero. No federal oversight. No local. I mean, that's not true. In Colorado, the Stanley Brothers would be very conscientious about creating their product because they're in a legal state. They are held to testing for pesticides, molds, all of that. But if you say order this from some like healthy uh, Mm -hmm. CBD, whatever, I don't know if that's an actual name. It probably is. I hope not. (laughs) But if you order that from some place on Amazon, you have no idea where that comes from. No. Zero. Or what's in it, really. Or what's in it. It's like, oh, here's this like weird dragon potion from some foreign country. Mm-hmm. Let's see what happens. Why would you do that? Mm-hmm. You know what I yeah. mean? You wouldn't do that with a vitamin, right? Would well, you, you do. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, people do. kind of. A, well, yeah, hmm. sure. But at least in the United States, even if it's a vitamin, there's like some form of testing. They... Chem- no, chemicals well, no, or, you know? Lot. Actually, that's a big controversy, too. Yeah. We, we don't get into it here. I know. That's but a, not it's a lot. lot. But, There's yeah, no. exactly. It's, yeah. The, it's, the same, it's the same idea. Mm-hmm. So. So, so, here, let's, go, let's uh, uh, concentrate on um, Utah here mm-hmm. and where we are with this. Yes. So, I know there was a, um, uh, a, a, a woman here whose daughter, again, it's a story of a daughter. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't think of her name. He- uh, not Heather. Uh, Charlie. Charlie. Charlie's Law. And that's that's what they're kind of calling this, Charlie's Law, mm-hmm. here in Utah. Uh, so, m- m- And Charlie, I believe, did not, is not alive. Is that right? Oh, I don't know. Uh, well, I, well, I don't know that for sure either. So but anyway, tell me what you know about Charlie's Law. So Charlie is very similar to Charlotte Figi in that there was a very determined mom who really went after the legislature. Are you looking it up, Dylan? Thank you. Um, and I believe Charlie's Law was pushed through the state legislature by uh, Gage Froer up in Huntsville. And I did have an opportunity to talk to Gage um, just as Charlie's Law was getting uh, taken care of. And the thing about Charlie's Law is that it is sort of like Charlotte's Web. It's a low C, or I'm sorry, a high CBD, low THC strain. For one condition only, pediatric epilepsy. That's it. Which was uh, Charlie's condition. Which was Charlie's condition, exactly. So to say that Utah has a CBD law is uh, a bit of a stretch. It has a non-psychoactive CBD that they can get for one condition. That, by the way, they have provided you no resources to get locally. They're saying, we won't arrest you if you take it, but you got to go find it yourself. Right. So... Um, what? So now there's been more talk about. Well, let's let's see what we would have to do in the state of Utah. What kind of laws might we have to have to uh, have medical marijuana? And I assume what they're talking about there is actually at some point having dispensaries or having doctors have the ability to prescribe. DAW has a very specific plan. Okay, what is that? So DAW's plan is that he wants to, um, I'm trying to think of the best way to organize this information so it makes sense. So the first thing that Daw did last year, he put through like a research law, right? Mm -hmm. To make it legal for people to research it. So what has happened is Daw put together this panel with some medical people on it 
and some research people on it and they evaluate scientific information. Now, when I say scientific scientific information, this is not like FDA stuff, right? There are tons of studies on CBD and cannabis and its healing benefits, right? But none of them are like the FDA studies because they can't study them that way because it's federally illegal, right? Right. So these are very well-researched evidentiary stories that don't have the FDA seal of approval, right? But great research by great institutions, great scientists, great doctors, mm-hmm. all of it. So Da set up this panel to research these things. And then this panel will decide what conditions they think should be treated should medicinal cannabis be passed in Utah. So, for example, right, I know it gets well, stupid. But why should, why should lawmakers decide that? Doctors should decide that. Well, yes. I think his reasoning is that, well, I have doctors on the panel. Okay. Okay, yes. So this panel, they'll decide what conditions. So let's just pick five. Let's pick neuropathy. Let's pick cancer. Let's pick epilepsy. Um, Let's have irritable bowel syndrome. And let's have... Migraines. Migraines. Great. Let's take those top five things. Then what that panel will do is they'll say, okay, you can get medical cannabis for these five things in Utah. Mm -hmm. That's it. And Dawes Law, should it pass, also has no smokable cannabis. Zero. So you can take a pill. You can take a tincture. You can use a, I think you can use a vape pen. I'm not 100% sure about that, but you cannot ignite it. Probably no gummies. I don't believe edibles were part of that. I believe it was all like dose, it's doses, right? I can take two pills. He wants, I think that his goal is to get cannabis in a pill form, like a pharmaceutical kind of model, right? You want it to be more like medicine that people, well, this is medicine that I understand. Exactly, exactly. Well, you can't even, I mean, you can't even let kids see a drink get made in this state. Do you think they're going (laughs) to allow any of this to be made into something that looks like candy? Like, they wouldn't even let no, you... No, no, no. You're mean, right. They're really yeah. into... They wouldn't even let you sell, like, Mike's Hard Lemonade in the grocery stores for a long time. Because mm-hmm. pe- kids might think it's lemonade and mm-hmm. somehow buy it and then... Even though it's illegal for them to buy it, but, you know, anyway. So, the other part of Dawes' bill is that um, the dispensary model... Utah is a very big state, and parts of it are very rural, right? They don't have, uh, but so long, how many people live in, you know, San Juan County? Yeah. Like. 200,000 or. Oh, I think it's even less than that. Like, hardly any. Um, There's like 1.9 people square per square mile in San Juan County. Oh, yeah. The only reason why I know that is because I just wrote a piece on Bears Ears Mm -hmm. and the Trump stuff. Mm -hmm. So, anyway, it's very, it's like. We'll do another podcast on this when we're done with it. I know, my gosh. So it's the most sparsely populated county mm-hmm. in Utah, right? Right. What Daw would like to do is he would like to have a central dispensary, just one. And all the orders would come out of that one dispensary. So then they would have a courier service that would take that medicine from that centralized dispensary. So let's just put that dispensary in Orem. Okay, so if I'm in Ogden and Mm -hmm. my doctor gives me a recommendation, by the way, they cannot say prescription because that is federally illegal. They give recommendations. And that's that's the case 
in Colorado, state, Washington, state, California, wherever. Everywhere. It's yes, their recommendations. He would give me a recommendation for my neuropathy. Mm-hmm. Then my doctor would put in the order to that dispensary, and then 24 hours later, I would get my neuropathy medicine. Same if I'm in St. George, same if I'm in San Juan County, same if I'm wherever. It's yeah. all centralized. It comes through one place. This place, by the way, would be highly secured. It would be like Fort Knox. You would have to have all kinds of levels of security. Like God, who knows what might happen? Yes, totally. The New York State medical marijuana laws are cr- I didn't think they could get any stupider than that. You can't even go into, a, like, I can't walk by a dispensary and even, like, stick my head in and be like, oh, hey, what's going on in here? You have to, like, make an appointment 24 hours in advance. You have to have your recommendation in, in hand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very, very hard mm-hmm. to get into these places. All these security cameras, they have to have 24-hour security. It's a whole thing. What's it like in Colorado? I have never been to a dispensary or, or in Colorado. Nevada. How about- the one I went to in Nevada was before uh, the recreation. The recreational had passed, mm-hmm. but it had not gone into effect yet. So you just went to a dispensary. I went to a dispensary that is also recreational now, and um, I went in there and spent. The, they were actually really generous with their time. They took me on a tour through the entire. They had like forty thousand square feet of uh, groves mm-hmm. and trimming rooms and they were making edibles and doing everything in in one place and uh but to get in i had to like make an appointment i had to provide id i had to you know get Mm -hmm. it was like a secure gate the whole thing so this central dispensary would take care of all of the recommendations that would happen in utah now this is very different from the ballot initiative that is going around yeah what is that called uh, Do we know? I don't know the name of it. It's by the Utah Patients Coalition. And uh, they have been in the midst of collecting signatures. They have to have I don't, like a percentage of each county and for an mm-hmm. X number of 100,000 or something signatures to get it on the ballot. And what are they proposing? They are proposing a very open sort of dispensary model like Colorado, like Washington, where you can get treated for dozens of symptoms. Mm-hmm. And there are dispensaries in every county and uh, say Salt Lake City, and it's also based on population. So because there are like way more people living in Salt Lake City, they might get two or three dispensaries. Right. Whereas St. George would only get one. We'll do it like the liquor store model. Or yeah, no, yeah, kind of. Yeah. So the, um, it is based on these other states. It's a very similar kind of model. They want people to be able to have medicinal access so they can go to their doctor, get a recommendation, and go to the dispensary closest to them, which is important if you're really sick, right? Yeah. You don't want to drive four hours to get your medicine. So I, as I understand it, there is also now uh, someone proposing legislation that if that ballot initiative becomes successful... It's a piece of legislation that will just immediately countermand it. Yeah, I read that. Here's the thing with that. I was confused. So I called my go-to legislature guy. Mm -hmm. I was like, hey, what happens if Dawes bill passes and then the ballot initiative also passes? Now, I think if Dawes bill goes through, they're going to let it all be just fine. Because it'll be regulated through the state. They'll have the model that they've proposed. Mm -hmm. It'll be overseen 100%. Mm -hmm. If that ballot initiative passes, it would indeed replace Dawes Law. 
And Dawes, I remember this quote exactly. He told me if that ballot initiative passes, it will be a battle royale. He's like, the church will come out against it. The legislature will come out against it. The Utah Medical Association will come out against it. Oh, really? There is no... Now, this was like a year ago that he said that to me. But if that bill passes through, I imagine that this counter bill might be a little more at play. But I, this is just my prediction. Mm-hmm. But if Dawes bill passes, I think they're going to be just fine. And there will be some form of medical marijuana in Utah. Very specific, yes, for very specific conditions. Would you predict that the, um, but that would be maybe the nose, the camel's nose under the tent, as they always like to say? Well, you know. Will it, you know. Yeah, it's interesting because New York State had, well, still has the most restrictive medical marijuana policy in the country. You, at first, you could only have like 10 conditions and it had to be the non-smokable, special, all those different kinds. Then they realized that no one was actually utilizing the dispensaries because it was too specific. And the doctors had to prescribe, or I'm sorry, they had to recommend for very specific conditions. So they recently added uh, PTSD and chronic pain in the hopes that more people will be able to get recommendations Chronic pain. I like yeah, that. Yeah, chronic pain. Because that's of, pretty wide open. It's very wide. Yeah. And who's one person's chronic pain could be another person's, you know, occasional malady, which is what a lot of people argued about the California medical marijuana market. So, so do you, you know, have a, I have glaucoma. Yeah. Do you have any idea? Uh the state, the state of the law, or the law right now, if a person from Utah goes to Nevada and buys some medicinal medical, some medical marijuana, and brings it back, they're breaking the law. Well, they're breaking Utah state law, right? They're breaking Utah state law, and they're breaking federal law. Right. They're breaking both. Well, people in Nevada buying it are breaking, b- breaking federal law. Yes. Yes, that is yeah. totally true. So you're so if you bring it across the border, you're certainly breaking Utah law. Mm-hmm. You can't even bring alcohol across the border right. without breaking Utah law. But right, now, but no, you have to keep you have to keep your cannabis in the border in which you purchase it. Right, but There's I, no interstate commerce with cannabis. Now I didn't realize this, but I understand this to be true. With alcohol, for instance, they just opened this big, beautiful new liquor store in Wendover. Lee's mm. Discount Liquors. Oh. <laughs> we're, we're very excited, Aaron. I, I love, because we, we, we had I've always stopped. I've been to Lee's in Vegas. Yeah, and we'd always stop at well, the one in Mesquite uh, and uh, went on our way home mm-hmm. and uh, bring, we always bring alcohol back to Utah. Sure, because it's cheaper. My attorney would probably advise me to stop talking right about now. But <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Brass. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so, I, you know, we were saying, well, we ought to go out to Wendover. And uh, so, and then people say, "Well, you might get arrested." And uh, and and apparently, the Utah Highway Patrol, I think, is who would uh, do that. Said, "You know what? We don't really." I, we said there'll probably be cops waiting across the border mm-hmm. just to get them. And and you know, the Highway Patrol said, "You know, we don't really do that." Right. We Bullshit. we don't. No, don't what, buy that. really. Well, they said we don't. They say now we we may. They say that we'll stop someone. We don't. We we don't and can't stop someone uh, just because we think they have liquor in the car. We can't. We can't do that. We won't do that. We don't do that. Uh, now, if there's some traffic infraction, sure, we may ask to search the car. 
And if we find the liquor, then you've broken the law, it gets confiscated, and you get fined. But the thing is, like, if you've ever driven out to Windover, it's a really straight road that goes for an hour across the salt flats. Nobody ever has gone the speed limit on their way to Windover. No. So, <laughs> no. Well, it's on your way back that you've got to be worried yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> okay, on their way back from Windover. It's, I mean, you could put the car on cruise control and take a nap. It's just, nobody's done it. So everybody speeds. You, they could pull you over for that. It happened to me once where I was, um, I had a day off work and it, I went for a drive up north of Ogden. I wound up in I, like up across the Idaho border. Right. And uh, I was speeding. Not a lot. As one does. As one does. And I got pulled over and the cop comes up and I give him my stuff and, and he goes, um, tonight you have a very clean car. Oh, no. I don't and like I went, this. I don't either. Mm-hmm. And he went, I went, yeah, thanks. I have, I have a very clean car. Yep. He said, what are you doing? I said, I'm just out for a drive. And he goes. Uh, That's suspicious. And he goes, out it for is. a drive? It is. Yeah, sure. I mean, it is suspicious. And he said, where are you going? I said, I, you know, I don't know. I'll probably, maybe Fort Hall. Maybe I'll go. I was kind of thinking maybe drive up to the Indian Casino. Mm-hmm. And he went, uh, hmm, are you bringing fireworks back? Oh, man. And I went, no, no. He said, you, you know, they have real great ones there. And I went, I had not heard that. He said, you sure there's no fireworks? Anything in this car I need to know about. What well, the he did, but he did, But he didn't search you. He did not search the car. That would be illegal, I would think, to mm. search the car, wouldn't it? I don't, I don't know. Well, We'd have to ask th- Ed. Oh, yeah, Ed. It is illegal. <laughs> if he would have, we would have asked Ed, probably. But I mean, he—I mean, he clearly looks like well, oh, somebody's speeding. My car I bought from Hertz. It—it it is a rental. I mean, so again, if you want to bring liquor back, if you want to bring pot back, don't speed. Well, then they'll know you're bringing something back because no. you're not speeding. But but <laughs> it, just to go just to go to whether it's illegal or not, it is. Yes. <laughs> they'll say you know they say can I search the car? If you say no, they'll say well, then I'll have to impound the car mm-hmm. and get a warrant. Yep. And then you'll have to spend a lot of money getting your car out of impound. And it's going to take your time. So most people just go, especially if you don't have anything to hide, they say, all right, search the fucking car. Go ahead. I don't care. There was a story of this woman that I interviewed who was a medical marijuana patient, and she was living in Alabama, I think. And she was very sick. She had been taking Marinol, which had helped her. She dropped like 98 pounds. She was like 5'11 and weighed like less than 100 pounds. She had taken, given some Marinol by her doctor and she gained weight, but she was in the midst of moving to Colorado and getting medicine there. So she was to go back and forth and back and forth between Alabama and Colorado. She got pulled over in Kansas, just outside the Colorado border, and she was moving. So her car was full of all of her medicine, flour, topicals, pills, whatever, you name it. It was loaded up. Because she was moving. And they arrested her, impounded her car, kept her in jail for a long time, even though she had a medical marijuana card. Mm-hmm. She was legal in the state of Colorado. Kansas didn't care. They yeah. took it. it. Eventually, it got sorted out. But she was extremely vulnerable because she didn't have any money because she was spending all of her money on medical bills. She was in between homes, didn't have a place to live. And then her car and her medicine got taken from her and she was thrown in jail. So she wasn't even able to take care of herself. You know, you know where, uh, but you have to know 
that people right now are every day bringing, you know, going to Nevada and bringing back. Of course. Marijuana. You bet. Edible, medicinal marijuana. Mm -hmm. Every, Every day they're doing it. And I don't think very many people are stopped and arrested for it. Well, no. I mean, in Nevada, you don't have to get medicinal. In fact, it's only... Yeah, they, they can just go in and buy... Mm. They can just buy it, you know? Yeah. They Does can, that mean you can buy, go in and buy uh, joints and... Sure. Uh, or loose marijuana for your own pipe and, or whatever? Yeah, you bet. I mean, it depends on what the business has, but if it's you... It's a brave new world. It is. If you are in Nevada and say you're going to Vegas, you want to just hang out mm-hmm. with your friends, you can hit the dispensary, pick up some supplies for the week and have a great time yeah do not take that back on the plane with you no no do not take it in your car with you uh, again though i know somebody who says can i take i take pot on the plane all the time they don't care that's not what they're after they're not after you know no of course but look i mean it but sort of goes back to that racist argument right so if i me little red-headed white girl mm-hmm. has weed yeah. in my bag they're really not going to look at me twice, but if I'm with oh, my, Aaron. I know if I'm, if I'm with my black friend, mm-hmm. they might, Yep. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so yeah. This, this is just like assessing the reality of the situation. Like I understand the lay of the land and I get what I can do and my friends, but you don't I'll, do that anyway. So no, but you know what I mean? It's like, I understand how the system works mm-hmm. and the odds of my getting from here to New York City with stuff in my bag, if I were to do that, are way better. Yeah. Because no one's going to look in my bag. Yeah. Right. Knock on wood. Uh, so, um, so we're, we're, uh, we're over an hour already. So. Let's, uh, oh. well, I just want to, where do you think, um, where do you think all of this is going to go? Uh, in Utah or federally? And both. Okay. Uh, go ahead. Okay. So, Utah. I guess we, we, we already answered that. You think that that... It's very likely that uh, there will be a central dispensary. And I think I think Dawes' bill is going to pass. Yeah, there's a lot of momentum behind it. He has the uh, approval from the church and the Utah Medical Association. He has presented medicinal cannabis in a palatable package for the powers that be. Mm-hmm. He can dose it. He can manipulate it. He can present it in the way that people want and, it. And are there people who will manufacture it that way? There will be people that will be hired to grow it. And step up and do it. And create it, right? So, yes. But it will all be within the state, right? It'll all happen here. Very tightly controlled. Very tightly controlled. That's my prediction for Utah. If not this session, next session. It's it's coming. That's the first. That's That's Dawes. In the the long run, federally uh, and, and in the nation. So federally is very problematic for a couple of reasons. One is Jeff Sessions, like we mm-hmm. talked about earlier. Well, he'll be gone. He will be. There are a couple of contradictory messages with Sessions. He could, he could inflict a lot of damage if he chose to do so. He hasn't yet. No. So what he has done is rescinded the Cole memo, which was uh, from an Obama administration memo that provided a little bit of framework for legal states to operate. So it was basically like, okay, here's this piece of federal guidance. Follow these rules. Don't, you know, make sure it doesn't get to minors. Make sure you buy it in all these legal places. Like, make sure blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Like, 13 different things. That was giving some some legal places. Okay, if we do all of this, then the feds are like, if you follow these rules, you guys have a good time. Right? Sessions came in and pulled that memo and said, nope, no more. Not going to have it. But what Sessions has failed to do is provide funding 
for to crack down on it. And the second thing that pulling the Cole Momo did was it put the power in the hands of local prosecutors. So he's saying local prosecutors now have the power to Session. come after you Session in your state. That. And none of them are yes. doing it. Yeah. And the, the local prosecutors are like, why would we do well, this? I'm going to do that. No. <laughs> No. So essentially, I think it's a lots of bones for the base, right? They want to see this stuff. He has like some sort of image to uphold or whatever. So we know that he's making a lot of noise, right? He also made it okay to do civil asset forfeiture, which is another huge part of the drug crackdowns. Civil asset forfeiture is when, say, Dylan, I think that you've uh, committed a crime. I think you have drugs in your house. So I'm going to go in and I'm going to... have dog pot pills. You do have dog pot pills. Hemp pills, whatever. Yep. So you have dog CBD pills. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take everything in your house because I can. Because I think that you have used your house or, in the... Or in, your car. Or your car in committing a crime. Well, we know I have a very clean car. You do have a very clean car. So. But civil asset forfeiture allows me to do that. Well, shit. And gives you no With, recourse. Yeah, and without finding you guilty. Without finding you guilty. They just say, we think you did this, so we're going to take your house. Well, it's like, it's years ago, that guy here in Salt Lake, he was he had something like $50,000 in cash on him or something yep. like that. And he was going to, through the airport. Mm-hmm. And he looked a little unsavory. And they, they stopped him, and they found all this cash on him, and they said... You are using that to go buy drugs. And yep. he said, no, I'm going to buy a motorcycle. Oh, I remember this. And they took the money. I don't believe they arrested him. No, they don't they have to. they took the money. Yeah, they took the said, money. we're keeping this until you can prove. Yeah, and that money, by the way, goes back into local police departments. So local police departments are incentivized to engage in civil asset forfeiture. So anyway, so that's the federal piece, right? So what really is at is happening here is the interplay between states and the federal government, right? So cannabis is a state's rights issue. It's what it's become, certainly. It's what it's become. They are saying, we set our mm-hmm. laws. We have this tightly, tightly, tightly regulated. We have crossed every T and dotted every yeah. I, and we will give you no reason to come up in here. I don't think that a federal crackdown will happen. I think that these businesses will continue to go up. They will continue to thrive. More and more states will do it. More and more states will do it. And by the way, the uh, cannabis industry, a couple of like interesting tidbits, the cannabis industry, the legal cannabis industry is worth more than like $21 billion each year. And, and is it also not the case that the legal weed business, cannabis business, is, is putting cartels out of business? That's yes and no. There will always be black market activity. Always, but cartels are less and less incentivized to they're bring across the border because now this does have ramifications in that they're not making their marijuana money, so now they have to come up with other things to bring across the border. Some other crime. Some other well, or heroin, or yeah. Yeah. oxy, or whatever it is that they're bringing. The marijuana business is suffering. What are we gonna do? Let's let's make yeah. fake oxy. Yeah, I mean, look, cartels are business. Yeah. You know, they're violent businesses, but they're businesses. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, I, I don't foresee that a federal crackdown is happening. I think that Sessions will continue to make a lot of like jumping up and down and stomping his feet. But I don't think that his little tiny feet. His little tiny he's feet. Elfin, isn't he? He is elfin. I think that he lives in like a kitchen drawer somewhere. <laughs> he's like he's like the little federal weed elf. Well, <laughs> I declare. <laughs> yes. Jefferson Beauregard Sessions. Jeff Beauregard. <sighs> so anyway, I think that's what's going to happen. 
And it's, ine- it's inevitable that all the states will eventually have some form of legal. There marijuana. are only four states that don't. Oh, re- I thought I thought it was more than that, but four states that don't that do not have some form. So there are kind of like let's think of it like legal recreational markets. Mm-hmm. That's. Oregon, Washington, California, the entire West Coast. Of 20, uh, that's places. the one I'm thinking of. 28 states have both medicinal and... I actually and, think it's like 30 now. Is it re- medicinal and recreational? No. no. Eight states have recreational. Okay. The District of Columbia is legal mm. in a grow and give model, right? You can't... You, you can grow... You can grow your own and your you own. can give it away. You can't sell it. You can't sell it. Buy it. And they have some workarounds. It's an interesting model. But yes, that's the D.C. model, okay? Mm-hmm. Now... Vermont recently put through a legalization model as well. So I guess we're up to 10 now, Mm. actually nine plus DC. Vermont put the legislature, put it through and they said, weed is legal, grow your own, have fun. Right. So that's Vermont. Mm -hmm. Now other states have medicinal and that's however 25 other states. So what are the four that don't Utah? No, Utah actually has a CBD law. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. So you're so counting the CBD. It's like, yes, that's okay. exactly right. Okay. So it's legal, medicinal, CBD. Gotcha. gotcha. And the states that don't are like Texas, mm. Iowa, Idaho, and I want to say... Where are Jefferson, Jefferson Beauregard Sessions from? Alabama. Is, so Alabama, Alabama has a CBD law. Do they? Yeah. Hmm. So... You must not be too happy about that. Well, it's non-psychoactive, so it's okay. It won't get you high. It's not yeah. the devil's weed. You know so much about this for, for a person who does not use a- anything <laughs> like know. that at all. I know. It's really weird. I know. It is really <laughs> weird. Well, there is one thing that I really wanted to emphasize in this conversation is that, um, you know, when we're in Utah and we're talking about CBD, I know so many people are attracted to this idea because it does seem like a bit of a miracle. Yeah. It heals people from epilepsy. It helps with all of these things. But I don't think they're 100% aware that what they're getting is essentially a non-labeled, untested vitamin from China. Yeah. Or Romania or whatever. And they use hemp stocks, by the way, just to put this in perspective. Hemp stocks are often used and have been used at the Chernobyl site to suck up toxins from the ground in Chernobyl. So radioactive waste, radioactive waste. So so uh, maybe uh, you folks, uh, you're spending your money on stuff that you not ought not to be. You're throwing it away. Maybe I would suggest if you are interested in buying CBD, low THC, high CBD hemp oil or cannabis oil that you buy it from a state like Colorado, like Washington, like Oregon that has strong medicinal regulated markets that have to test for impurities, molds, toxins, fungus, all of that stuff. And don't buy, you know, all those guys that uh, had that overdose, the 40 guys that did the CBD overdose that mm-hmm. got it from like mm-hmm. the head shop. Yeah. That's a spice analog. And that's bad. Don't buy your CBD in a head shop. Yeah. <laughs> Just don't. That's my, don't buy it in a head shop. Yeah. So. Um. And one day, everybody will, if they want to, they'll sit down and smoke a joint. And exactly. It'll, it's inevitable. Yes, eventually. We're talking, I don't know how many dozens of like years, you know, 20 years or like whatever. a cocktail, we'll have, have a cocktail, we'll have a joint, we'll have a whatever. Eventually, people will realize, states, even mm-hmm. conservative states, will realize that it's very lucrative. Yeah. And that they can figure out a system that works for the state. And once they figure that out, they're going to want in on it. 
Aaron Hyatt. Bill Allred. Lovely to see you. It's lovely to see you. Thanks. Thank you. Zest, thank you. We had a lovely meal here at mm-hmm. Zest. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dylan, thanks for... I want to try that bottle coffee. Here, oh, there's still some in there, some, probably. Yeah. I'm having a sip. That's good. It is powerful. It's strong. It's black, you know. It's, it's super black. Yeah. It's... Uh, it tastes good. Yeah. 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 It's got a little bit of sweetness in there. Yeah. Um, and so do you, Aaron. Aw. Don't, don't tell anyone. Uh, it's uh, always great to see you. I, s- I wish you were here in the state more. But, oh, thank you. But uh, I guess things are going okay in New York. And yeah, busy, busy, All right. busy. All right. That's it. That's it. I love you. Love you too. That's it. I, I'm thank Bill you, Dylan. And, um, that moment was weird, guys. What? You just had a moment and it made me uncomfortable. Really? I thought it was nice. Yeah, it was Good. just... I mean, it wasn't. I get uncomfortable when he has nice things. Uh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. That's it. If you remember, uh, if you're pouring drinks, always make mine a double. Broadway Media Podcast Network. Can't get enough of the Let's Go Eat show? Do you want access to exclusive episodes of the podcast, exclusive videos, exclusive blogs, and the exclusive Make Mine a Double t-shirt? Did I mention they're exclusive? That means you can't get them anywhere else but Patreon.com. One or all of these things can be yours for about the cost of a double shot of Old Forester bourbon. Please go to Patreon.com or download the Patreon app and search for Let's Go Eat Show. It's super easy and will help us continue to make the Let's Go Eat Show for years to come. That's Patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, Patreon.com slash Let's Go Eat Show. Thank you. Thank you.